Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher But I flew too high Though my eyes can see I still was a blind man Though my mind can think I still everybody, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Jim Ford. And this is the Lantern Cast Presents Green Lantern Pre-Birth. Episode 2. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Otherwise known as the exciting, in quotes, conclusion of Day of Judgment. Ah, uh, yes. Finally, the day is just about over. <laughs> it's been one long day based on our recording schedules. <laughs> Oh, it is a day of pure hell. <laughs> because the comic has to do with with hell and, and stuff like that. That's that's what I mean, and not 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 referencing the quality of of the comics. No, not at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is true. There's a whole lot of hell going on in this, and gone to hell, and so we don't. We'll jump right into doing a, <laughs> yeah. a because we don't we don't want to keep Jim waiting so <laughs> Listen, no we we don't want to we don't want to draw this out any longer than we have to that's so. right it's like it's like uh they're they're already like drawing taking blood out of us as we speak we want to make sure we're not dead by the time this episode ends yeah uh real quick recap it was just eh, the fallen angel as model. Pretty much, part, got part, partnered up with with Etrigan. The host, the Spectre, was hostless. So, because Asmodel, of course, being a former angel, was touched by God, then he had a chance to become host for the Spectre. They they tricked the Spectre, so Asmodel took him over. His plan, of course, is to eventually go take over heaven, but he's kind of like working his way up the ladder <laughs> from hell through to earth and then onward. And now heroes are pretty much trying to stop the Spectre, and they were searching for the old host, ideally Jim Corrigan, to step back up to take the role. Jim Corrigan pretty much had passed beyond the point of where he even could, as far as he was concerned, be a host anymore, and he didn't want it anyway. The heroes went to purgatory, looking to find, since they weren't allowed into heaven, they were hoping to find someone suitable in purgatory. And the last issue ended with, uh, who else... Who else steps up to the plate to try to take, or being willing to take the mantle, to try to fight to, to gain the Spectre to help and save Earth? But Hal Jordan! Hal Jordan Parallax, who of course bought the farm in Final Night. <laughs> that good enough, or did I miss something of real relevance? I think that's pretty much everything of relevance. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, issue three, t- titled Purgatory. No, it says, of course, choosing sides inside. The cover says purgatory. Uh, <laughs> and that's how we feel about now. Uh, Jeff Johns is the writer, and Matt Smith is the penciler. So we, we're back back hell on earth, as Jim kind of alluded to, literally. 
So the Spectre and his demons are are trying to destroy Earth. Madame Xanadu has captured some of the essence of the Spectre in her crystal ball, and that's siphoning off enough of the Spectre's power so he's not at full strength. But he's still got enough power to kind of like <laughs> screw up Phantom Stranger pretty good because he basically takes away Phantom Phantom Stranger's eyes and his mouth, so he can't so he can't really be a help to to the heroes anymore, which is kind of funny. Uh, Batman, you know, Batman is talking to Shazam, who's basically leading the team to go out into space to find the Spear of Destiny, as Jim pointed out. Why it's out there, I'm sure there's a reason, but. They don't really tell you, at least in this miniseries, why it's out there. Uh, yeah, some reason. Some reason, and of course, they get to face some, uh, I was going to say Black Lantern's <laughs> Russian at cosmonauts, but <laughs> pseudo-zombie cosmonauts that, are, that have been kind of like reanimated to try to stop the heroes from getting the, the spear. Yeah, um, well, obviously, obviously you would have zombie cosmonauts <laughs> I on know. this asteroid with the Spear of Destiny, <laughs> obviously. I know, that goes together like... Like... Yeah. <laughs> like peanut butter. It goes together like peanut butter and zombie chocolate. That's right. Like peanut butter and broccoli. <laughs> Reds in space! Um, so we go... The story switches back to Purgatory, where Hal Jordan, even though everybody pretty much knows who Hal Jordan is, maybe except for Supergirl, <laughs> but he kind of introduces himself and says, you know, my, this, I'm Hal Jordan and I want to help, and Al Scott, you know, really kind of is taken aback, he didn't expect to see Hal there, and he's really excited to see him, and he's all, and he completely starts jumping into the story about what's going on with, you know, the, the Spectre on Earth, and we're needing a new host. And, of course, Wonder Woman kind of, like, is giving pause and trying to caution him. Is like, do you really think this is the right thing to do? I mean, this is the same guy who, you know, he helped destroy some of your friends in the Justice Justice Society. He slaughtered the Green Lantern Corps, which, of course, we know he actually didn't. But everybody always says that he did in Emerald Twilight, but he really didn't. But you can have it both ways, because he did and he didn't. Yeah. I, well, it's, it's just how they did it's how they did it. Like they they like to sell it like he slaughtered everybody, but then when it came time to redeem him <laughs> Just kidding, he didn't really do that. But it's one of those things and a quick aside that always bugged the crap out of me when they referred to Hal after Emerald Twilight. It's that oh he, he he wiped he slaughtered the Green Lantern Corps, he wiped out the Green Lantern Corps. Even saying he killed the Guardians is a stretch because he really did and they killed themselves. You can yeah. make a case he factored into it or maybe he they but the reality, you know, the only person he actually killed who was a Green Lantern was Kilowog. And he did kill Sinestro, but we know that's been retconned away where he really didn't. <laughs> but nonetheless... Uh, yeah, and Kil- Kilowog got better. Yeah, he did get better. And he forgave <laughs> him, so Kilowog can forgive the guy that killed him. More, <laughs> At least uh, killed him completely once and kind of sort of killed him once again, in, or the second time in your favorite story, the, uh, test, the last will and testament of Hal Jordan. Uh, kill me once, shame on you. <laughs> kill a wog, shame on me. I still remember in, the, in that graphic novel when Hal said, at least I'm not the one getting killed by the same guy twice, Teach. Oh, God. Oh, uh, memories. So, I mean, so Hal's pretty much though steps up to the plate and I'll do whatever you, you know, I'll do whatever you need me to do, Alan. You know, 
I've kind of realized that I was a fool for doing things the way I did before. I'll help, but I can't go back like this. You know, I don't want them to see me as Hal Jordan Parallax, but Hal Jordan Green Lantern, even though he looks kind of goofy, and even the Green Lantern font there doesn't look the best. And where to get the ring from? <laughs> but but I digest. <laughs> but at this moment, uh, the angels, I think, they're, they're the, we find out they're called the keepers, I think, unless... Uh, but either way, the, these angels show up and they kind of telling, halt mortals, Hal Jordan is ours, because essentially everybody in purgatory is supposed to stay in purgatory until they're deemed worthy of going one, where, one place or the other, or unworthy, if you will, I guess, if they're going to hell. Speaking of which, good segue, now we go back to hell where the Superman team, the last we saw of them, they were falling into the River Styx, and every one of these other heroes that went down there pretty much has this odd vision of either like almost like a few like, like a, a nightmare for them They're like a nightmare scenario so you have was Zatanna with her father and her father pretty much saying oh you've forgotten about me you know you don't care who I am anymore and I, I completely forgot actually about this that kind of like our first view of Kyle as Parallax yeah kind of I, think, I mean the shoulders clearly I mean he's I mean he's He's designed, I mean, he's certainly designed to have a parallax kind of image, probably because it's playing on Kyle's fear of becoming something like Hal will, Hal did. That, yeah, that, but by the same token, it's also like the way that, you know, he's addressing Sentinel. So I'm not entirely sure. We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, but at least visually, he, he certainly, design-wise, he... he uh, he resembles Parallax, but yes, Kyle. Kyle's nightmares. He's take. He's duking it out with with Alan Scott, saying, you know, the ring wants only one Green Lantern Sentinel. Me, Kyle Rayner. Uh, Superman's essentially fighting himself. Um, Dead Man's worst fear, ironically, is that he never died, <laughs> since he didn't really learn how to live until uh, he he died. You you have some. You have Firestorm and I don't mean. Firestorm's just a mess. <laughs> He's only half the Matrix. Yes, that is absolutely correct. He's incomplete. And he can't even compl- and he and his sentences are torn between trying to complete a sentence and quoting uh, chemical chemical formulas. You have Adam being pulled apart, which is kind of a pretty weird thing. Yeah. Uh, and then we have what Enchantress, right? Right. We have Enchantress who goes back to resembling the g- girl who was in the asylum that we saw. And the, the Ostrander Asylum back in issue one, and she's sitting in the corner, you know, crying, and someone's calling to her, grab my hand now, we find out that it's Faust, and and Faust was able to escape all these visions because he has no soul to feed off of. So yeah. He, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he, res- so he rescues Enchantress. He kind of points out, which we will see more of. We'll get to see what he means soon enough when he talks about, you know, the heroes don't know what it's going to take to light the fires of hell again, since at the moment hell is literally frozen over. Back in Manhattan, you know, Phantom Stranger is still eyeless and mouthless. (laughs) (laughs) And not looking too good. The Spectre again tries tries to 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 get the crystal ball from... uh, What's her face? Esmo. Madam Xanadu. Ma- Xanadu. For some reason, I want to say Esmeralda. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Madam Xanadu. Madam Xanadu. Uh, but that doesn't really work. Uh, Doctor. 
Dr. Occult seems to be a cross-dresser, but actually, no. <laughs> Somehow he has, his partner, Rose, and he share the same soul, and she's the one who ends up cutting the head off one of the demon that was moving in at the time, doing that attempt. And this whole Salem thing threw, threw me off, because we really, this team kind of was like out of nowhere. I don't yeah. I, I barely, I mean, I didn't have a chance to go back and look at issues one and two again, but I barely remember, because that's Starman, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the the Justice Society. Yes, because it's yeah, Jay Garrick and everything. Yeah. So the Justice Society is in Salem, uh, and at this point, Doctor Fate intervenes. His first appearance in this storyline, that you know, my helmet's whispering to me, "Hell's in the air. Earth needs a doctor." <laughs> you gotta love that line. Oh, yeah. Jeff Johns. Uh, so in Purgatory, the story cuts back to Purgatory, where Alan Scott's team and Hal are dealing with, you know, with the angels there who are trying to prevent, not only prevent now Hal from leaving, but they were trying to keep all the mortal souls there from leaving as well, that they pretty much now belong to them. So a, a battle ensues. This Supergirl, which of course I'm not as, I don't remember much about the Supergirl at this time, but you know she's. She's kind of like an angel on earth, if you will. So she her, she she has flame, you know, her wings. Or she spouts flame wings, which are supposed to be holy, from holy fire. Zoriel's able to use that holy fire to light his sword. So again, so he's able to hack, basically hack an opening in purgatory. So all the heroes and Hal are able to jump out. Back in hell, the city of Dis, which is still frozen over. They. Basically, they enter into to try to where the fire pits are because they're trying to get closer to restart the fires. You know, they deal with the demon Neberos, which, which is kind of funny. I like the conversation between him and Faust. <laughs> it's been a while, boy. How's your old man? <laughs> Still a demonic poser, much like yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was a decent interaction. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, uh, Neberos. It, who, who claims to be holding the trident from the King of Lies himself, and he's pretty much been, uh, once he once he kills these, takes care of you guys, I can go I can go upstairs and join the party. So he shoots energy out of the trident at them. Etrigan, now because we're back on Earth again, Etrigan confronts Batman, and Batman, of course, starts pumping him to try to figure out, you know, what's he really after in all this. Madame Xanadu, Etrigan was trying to, I think he was trying to destroy the crystal at this point, but Madame Xanadu says it, it doesn't matter any longer, I've seen the future, take a look for yourself. She kind of, the crystal ball kind of goes flying towards Etrigan, and then it explodes and it opens. Shazam's team is up there, is still in space, fighting the undead cosmonauts. Yeah. <laughs> they're able to, uh, they're able to detect that the, the crystal by this, you know, this surge of energy coming from New York, they were able to figure out that you know Xanadu's crystal kind of, or is it was it Stripe says, uh, looks like Xanadu blew a gasket. <laughs> Leave it to Stripe to make a a reference like that. Yeah, that is true. So they they actually so they're able to get a hold of the Spear of Destiny back on Earth, <laughs> <laughs> almost ready. Back on Earth, now this now with the crystal being destroyed, the Spectre is seemingly whole again. So now Asmodel has all the power to do what he wants. 
Batman's kind of going, what the, you know, what did you do? And she goes, I told you, it doesn't matter. I've seen our savior. And just at that point, Alan Scott, Wonder Woman, their team, and Hal shows up. <laughs> and ben, Batman, being Batman, is just looking up there. It's like, Jordan? What happened to Corrigan? He was supposed to bring someone we could count on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you... It's like, are you, are you as mad as Parallax? Which is kind of funny, because, you know, Kyle had the... Kyle had that reference of being mad as Parallax in the first issue. Yeah. Hal tries to convince him, you know, Parallax is gone, I'm here to help. And Batman, of course, once again being Batman, it's like, the people you slaughtered didn't get a second chance, did you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Hal, and Hal, I guess, being cocky Hal and also feeling like he has something to prove, goes flying off and goes, I'm going to sh- I'm gonna prove or show you I'm here to help, Batman. I'll take this guy down and I'll be right back. And <laughs> And Alan Scott's like, oh, no, Hal, wait. I, ew, ew. <laughs> and Hal goes and he just punches the Spectre in the face. And it's like, oh. <laughs> and needless to say, shockingly, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> but I do kind of like the fact that the Spectre talks to him. is like, Hal Jordan, this is the savior you bring? Fool, your mentality is as fragile as stained glass. And as Hal, you know, Hal's hand, since he struck the Spectre when he punched him, he starts turning to glass. Almost all of him turns to glass. As he crumbles to the ground, he shatters into many, many, many shards. <laughs> and the specter of cocky just goes, well, that was quite a struggle. Is there anyone else you want to pin your last hopes on? Uh, uh, yes. and, and that was the end of Hal Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, good night, everybody. Uh, yeah. Okay, so for starters, the art in this particular issue... Like, in the first two issues, the art was not that bad. You know, it was it was at least serviceable. In this one, it's like... Like, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know if he was rushed or something like that. But you just have, like, a lot of areas where, like, things do not look good. You know, like, like right on the... Like, the second page. You have Madame Xanadu. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's like, you know, like a 12-year-old could draw that. You know, and then you know, you just you go through even like the the whole effect of drawing the Phantom Stranger with no mouth. Uh, like that didn't even come across that good. Um, at, at no point does uh, you know what's her name the um, Star Starfire? Yes, yeah, Starfire. Yeah, she always looks bad, like <laughs> like all the time. There's no no points where she looks good. Uh, in Purgatory, like, the details, like, all the characters are lacking the details. Uh, they're all very simplistic looking. The Parallax costume is, like, a simplified version. Uh, when Hal turns into Green Lantern, it's, like, it's weird looking. It's like it is. It's very, it's very, that panel is extremely weird looking. Like, his, first off, his face is almost monkey looking. You know the way that he's drawing it with the angles, and he's he's like shorter than he normally is, so he's like almost I don't know, like a little I don't know. He's like stout almost. It's, it's weird. It's just like it, everything in this is drawn so weird. And the symbols kind of off on his chest. It's kind of it's just not really yeah, yeah, defined. And the font, yeah. and it's like, and I, like I mentioned, the font is not really a classic Green Lantern font, though it's, it's trying to do a really 
<laughs> and not the best homage to one. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like... I mean, like, there were some scenes where the art does look decent. Um, you know, like, the part where they're being, like, tormented by the River Six. Like, the art itself, like, you know, like, the actual panels are done decent. Although, there's aspects of it that are very confusing. So, you know, even though it looks decent, you don't know exactly what's going on. Um, I, yeah, like, this is just a lot of, like, really weird stuff. Like, that whole, the scene where Dr. Occult becomes Rose was just, like, out of nowhere and just, like, bizarre how they did that. Uh. Yeah, it is. It, it looks like Doc, looks like Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, are they doing some kind of, like, split screen or what, what the hell's going on? Um, you know, I, I like, I like how Neboros is drawn. Like, yeah, he's you know, cool. Those parts are, are done pretty good. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, like, like I said, there are some parts that are okay, but there's just a bunch of parts that just look really weird. And, and at the very end, you know, like with Hal Jordan going up against the Spectre, like he draws Hal like super cartoony. Yes, he does. It's just like the, the whole style is just so all over the place. That's how I felt about the art. No, I agree. <clears throat> you know, and you know, the thing that's ironic is that like, you know, I'm, I'm going through these and you know, like I, I've, I've been reading, you know, I've slowly been getting through these for the past like couple of days and like, it's funny because I just finished listening to you and Chad's interview with Ron Mars and like and Ron Mars has just like this, this whole, you know, point where he's talking about how, you know, if you have a bad artist, you know, or the, the artist is a bad job, then, you know, you're not going to really want to read the comic. It just, it brings everything down, you know? So he'd much rather work with a, like a great artist on a boring character than, you know, work with somebody who's just going to do an average job on, like, Superman. And I mean, like, you know, he's right. And, and this is, like, this is a perfect example of it. And not that I think that the story is, you know, the most the most clever thing that Jeff Johns has ever come up with. Not by a long shot. But, uh, yeah, no, he really did not have the support from the art. No. No, he did not. Definitely did not. The... The art, yeah. If there was better art in this whole series, it could, it would have elevated the story somewhat. It would have made up for some of the sins, no pun intended, of the. Uh, and it's not even that the story, even though this is more like something we should say at the end. But I guess over at this point, we're you know we're half worth more than halfway through it. The it's not even that the concept of you know of the renegade specter is needing to be reined in. Is that a is a bad concept. It's just the fact that the narrative structure, the choice of narrative structure based going from having so many different playing fields you got to cut to. Yeah. I think that that hurts. Now, yes, as, as the story progresses, there's less of that because everything is consolidating back in Manhattan. But up, you know, I, like I think I mentioned or alluded to before, when I, when I reread this issue that when I was, certainly when I was talking to Jim, we talked about the fact that I forgot like how many different 
places that this thing cut to. I forgot about the whole Salem thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously I remember the group. I remember the hell, you know, the purgatory, the heaven slash purgatory group, the hell group, the earth group, and then I, and I did remember the. You know Shazam going to get the Spirit of Destiny group, but I completely forgot about the whole the, the Justice Society being sent to Salem and 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 uh, Doctor Fate, which is important because obviously Doctor Fate is really important in issue four. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, for some reason, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I don't know, like this, it's so dense. The, the, these issues are so dense information and jumping back and forth and everything like that it's like you know like you read a comic nowadays and i mean like on the one hand you do want a comic that's very dense you know that way you get your money's worth out of the story but by the same token like if it's like like drudgery to read and get through just because it's just jam-packed and it's like oh god look how many it's like a million words on this page alone before I could finally get to, like, a page with some sort of decent action or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, and as far as the story goes, like, man, like, this is the issue where they take out the Phantom Stranger because otherwise he would be able to give them the answers. Well, not for nothing, but, like, okay, so you take away his eyes and his mouth. Like, why couldn't he write something down? Or communicate telepathically. Or uses magic powers to burn it into the asphalt. I, you know, like, that's that's three right off the top of my head. Like, I literally, like, I never gave any thought to that. Like, right then and there. Like, here's three ways that he can communicate with anybody else. Yeah. It's just, it's such <laughs> like a, it's like a, such a simplistic, like, oh, we gotta take the Phantom Stranger off the playing fields. You know, like, why couldn't he just not know the answer to this one? And then just leave him with his mouth open. That way you don't leave so many, like, gaping plot holes on that one. Turn him to salt, because we haven't seen... Oh, oops, forget about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oops. Uh, the, the thing where they're all being tormented by their own personal hells in the River Styx, I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, I... The whole thing with um, Zaytana and her father is just kind of, like, lost on me. Which is, uh, you know, like, that's that's the one that they give, like, the most space to. Um, you know, like, it's, it's, it's almost, it's just kind of confusing. Like, her personal hell is that her father doesn't feel like he's that big of a priority in her life. Which is, like doesn't really make sense as a, a hell. Um, it does kind of look like Kyle is becoming Parallax, but he's fighting with with uh, Sentinel. It does, again, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Now, this one with Superman fighting himself makes a lot of sense by, you know, two issues from now. Um, yes, 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 yes. But while you're reading it, it makes absolutely no sense. The dead man thing is very smart. The firestorm thing is uh, very interesting. The Kaza, the uh, Adam, you know, yeah, the Adam stuff is just weird. And uh, like the enchantress stuff, like yeah, that 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 part makes sense. 
Uh, and I like the Faust, the Faust bit that he doesn't have a soul, so he was able to, to get them. But then after Faust gets the Enchantress out, like the dialogue that they have between each other is like weird. You know, like, what is it? Like, you know, he, he saves her life. They go about this whole thing where he's explaining how, you know, he wasn't affected. He, he goes through the whole explanation and, you know, like, well, thank you for saving me. And he's just like, it was nothing. You just look like you could use a friend. Like, like what? Like, why are you like, why would you waste any time saying that when you have the other heroes that are all stuck in their own personal hells <laughs> trapped? Beneath the ice in the river sticks. Like, why the fuck are you wasting time? Ah, they can take it. <laughs> oh, hey, God. look at Superman squirm. This is pretty good. Come over here. <laughs> uh. The, um, yeah, the, the Doctor Occult thing was completely out of left field. It was just weird and out of place. Like, what was the, ne- what was the nece- necessity of that? You know, is Rose like a an excellent swordsman that Doctor Occult couldn't have done that? Um, the Salem thing was out of the blue. the The part where one of these uh, these keepers just blows out Zoriel's sword it was just like comically stupid. <laughs> oh God. <coughs> Yeah. They escape purgatory by cutting a cutting a like slicing a hole in purgatory using an an angel fire blade. Um I'm cool with that. It's weird, but I I'm cool with it. Uh trying to think. Uh Starfire becomes possessed when she grabs the spear of destiny. Hal Jordan gets shattered. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know. Like, it's just like so this is a weird issue. This is definitely a weird issue. I don't. I didn't completely dislike this issue because it does have some interesting concepts in it. But overall, I think the um, execution was not done that great. I would agree. <sighs> you have anything else left to say about this one? I don't think I think we the only thing of though we could could have mentioned it probably in issue five. The only thing of relevance is when they're that during the when they're in purgatory and they're fighting the keepers that uh, all all the other heroes that are in purgatory help them and start oh, yeah. and start dealing with the angels. And the reason why that's relevant is also because on their way out of purgatory, Hal promises that they were that they're not going to be forgotten, and that is something that does get referenced again. But so. yeah. Okay, issue four. Let's see, what do we have? Um, heroes, you know, we open up, heroes all around the world are fighting off the demons of hell. You know, it usually shows you, like, just different countries and stuff like that. Uh, Hal, Hal has just been shattered, and uh, the Phantom Stranger is unable to communicate using his eyes and mouth. He could still communicate any other way, but he doesn't. Um, all of a sudden, Hal... The, the shards of a broken Hal get put back together by Dr. Fate using magic. Uh, 
Hal realizes, he comes to the realization that he can't do it alone. So all the magic users that are you know present there, you have the Phantom Stranger, Sentinel, Ragman, Doctor Occult, and Madame Xanadu, they all like combine their magical energies into Hal so that he could basically use it like a magic lantern ring to you know create whatever he wants with his willpower. Uh, what does he do? He recreates his fallen Green Lantern Corps brethren. The you know he's got the ones that he slaughtered and the ones that I guess died that he knew, like uh, Kamatui and Tomare and Abin Sir. Abin Sir too, yeah. Not exactly Hal Jordan's fall, but they're there too. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't. No, no, it is interesting foreshadowing though for what for what we're going to be dealing with soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you have Starfire, who's possessed by the Spear of Destiny. Um, despite the fact that wielding the Spear of Destiny makes you uh, undefeatable. She gets knocked out by a simple taser blast from Rocket. Uh, Captain Marvel grabs the spear and does not get possessed and, you know, heads down to bring it to the heroes. Meanwhile, back in hell, Neveros knocks out Superman with his hell trident. Deadman tries to possess him to continue the fight, but uh, he's unable to. Dun-dun-dun, some sort of foreshadowing. <laughs> Faust... No, no room at the end. <laughs> yeah. Faust uh, brings out his bag of bones, and uh, it's the ba- it's the bones of Blue Devil, who, for some reason, they just reconstitute themselves into Blue Devil in Hell, and uh, Blue Devil starts, you know, he, he's like he's going to fight Neboros, and he uses his his super effective demon attack, which I like to call the face punch. <laughs> We call, we call it in the biz the left hook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back on Earth, Etrigan grows big and eats Captain Marvel and Stripe. Uh, back in Hell, Firestorm turns the water in Neboros into cement. Uh, I guess killing him, maybe? Uh, if you can kill a demon like that? Faust gets his soul back. Uh, Superman, Firestorm, and Kyle Rayner are, they all try and restart the fires of hell, but they can't with their, you know, their fire sources. But Faust decides to sacrifice his soul, which he had for like less than a minute, uh, by murdering the Enchantress to death. And uh, (laughs) that starts the hellfires right up. And now they're all stuck in hell. But don't worry, because Faust, he magics them out somehow. Because uh, he had to take it out of hell, I guess. Whatever. Um, back on Earth, all the demons are getting sucked back to hell. Etrigan shrinks down to normal size, and Shazam and Rocket are, you know, they are free to go. Shazam grabs the spear again and slices Spectre open. Hal flies into the rift, and then Superman glitches. And knocks out Batman and Green Lantern because he's gonna eat some souls or something. There you go. <laughs> and 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 Hal had a nice conversation with not with not real not real Kilowog. <laughs> oh God, I just glossed right over that because that was total bullshit. I like the whole thing is like they're there, but they're obviously like constructs of his. So he's, like, trying to, like, get some kind of redemption going. 
And Kilowog's just like, I don't want to hear it, blah, blah, blah. Stupid. Yeah. Get in there and take your medicine. <laughs> As he tells him at the, right before he goes in. Yeah. Yeah. Hal, Hal has shattered into like a hundred pieces or more of shattered glass. And Dr. Fate recombines him with a simple spell of reversal before his soul was shattered beyond repair. Like, how the fuck more would his soul have to go before it was shattered beyond repair? Like, we didn't want anybody else walking on the shards and, you know, breaking Don't step it. on it! <laughs> Son of a bitch! Oh. Oh, well, damn it, now he's missing some hair. I know. <laughs> I think they at least foreshadowed that at the end of the last issue when he still had that one hand of his that was not quite turned to glass as he was falling to Earth. Oh. That maybe that was maybe that was just enough time for you know Doctor Fate to, to start working his literally working his magic. Y- <clears throat> yeah. Although, <laughs> although in that double page spread, you don't see the hand anywhere. Oh no! Yeah, at that point, and you don't see Fate anywhere. <laughs> He's hanging around the corner. He started working the spell before he got there. Apparently, he stopped for shawarma. <laughs> the, the Justice Society shows up for like you know a uh, three three quarter page splash page, and that's about all they do. Uh, the art in this issue was a little bit better, but still not great. He draws the Spectre fairly well, so I have a, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like that's he's like. It's basically just a male, you know... In a diaper. <laughs> yeah, like a male bottle, you know, sh- shape. No, I know. I, I'm not saying it's the most challenging character to draw. The, the only point was that as we get into issues four and five, you actually see more of the Spectre. So that's why I think partially why the, why the art is maybe a little better. Plus, there are some other characters. Like, you know, Blue Devil, he doesn't, he doesn't draw poorly. There are a few times, at least in close-ups, he draws Faust. And his Hal isn't quite as cartoonish. He, he does good drawing the uh, the other Green Lantern Corps members. Yes. Um, yeah, the whole thing with, with Starfire just, like, dropping the Spear of Destiny, like, so quickly. Like, the whole point of the Spear of Destiny is that, you know, you, you're not defeated when you're, you hold it. You know, so like how she was defeated so quickly, it just kind of like circumvents the entire lore of the Spear of Destiny. Uh, I mean, like that whole thing where Dead Man couldn't get into Superman was like, it's like not even like foreshadowing. That's just like telegraphing that, you know, you know, something bad is about to happen with Superman. Uh, I'll get to that next issue. These damn Kryptonians I can't get into. <laughs> I like the Ragman Hal interaction that was ever so brief. Oh, the with the redemption themes. Yeah, that which which is going to be a major factor. And he said, "My rags call out to you, Hal Jordan. You too are a soul in dire need of redemption." Yeah. Well, no shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. <laughs> Wow, you needed a magic cloak to know that? I just came back from fucking purgatory! (laughs) Uh, Uh. Yeah. 
part where Etrigan just ate Stripe and uh, oh, so, yeah, Stripe and uh, Shazam, <laughs> uh, and Starfire because Stripe was holding her. Yep, that was that was kind of comical. Uh, the the part where they turn the water in a demon into cement. How did he know that there was water in the demon? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Yeah, if, if they're if they're a phys- if they really are alive physically, have a physical body, then I guess you could assume there'd be water in there. But uh, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, I mean you're in hell, and these are demons made out of magic. Uh... <laughs> Faust just straight up kills Enchantress. Like that's just it. Like you know, oh yep, she's dead now. Had to do it. Sacrificed her for you know the hell. How the hell did they get? How the hell did they get out of hell? Yeah. Okay. How the hell did they get out of hell? That's what I want to know. Like, Faust basically snaps his fingers and they're out of hell. Like, I mean, like, if it was that simple, like, you know, it shouldn't be that simple. It really should not be that simple to get out of hell. No, maybe it's just simply simply because... They have those few moments when basically everything's being put back in proper working order for hell, as we've seen that the demons are start are, are are just beginning or about to begin to be sucked back down. The hellfire is being sucked out of the specter to go back into hell. So maybe there's a you know there's a couple of seconds of leeway when he when it's kind of like a little easier to get out than getting things. It's just as easy to get out as they got in the first time. But I don't know. Yeah. Some of these things. I think. I think sometimes it's like that. They use that blanket of it's magic <laughs> to, to yeah. kind of like explain everything away. Yeah, they did a lot of that in this. They they magicked a lot of stuff. <laughs> they magicked all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is just magic together. Uh, oh, don't worry. I just reassembled Hell Jordan with magic. How did we get out of hell? Don't worry. Magic. Uh, I bet you Parallax wasn't so wasn't so confident things were gonna work out then. <laughs> I think I'm gonna jump ship right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back on Earth. I think I'll take my chances somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think you lied to me when you said this. Don't worry, this gets a lot better. <laughs> well, I really like issue five. Uh, issue five is the most Hal centric, so I think that's why I like it. Why don't you uh, do issue you, five? <laughs> yeah, just let's let's just you know keep moving. <laughs> it's time for me to take my medicine. <laughs> oh God! Uh, Day of Judgment five of five with that great cover introducing the new Spectre, Hal Jordan. So you're completely ruining any suspense if there was any. <laughs> Plus, he looks like my he, he looks old and ain't, he looks like a out, broken down. Brown-haired Alan Scott. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Wearing a dress. <laughs> Alrighty, so, so the issue begins with Hal Jordan inside the the Spectre, and you have some inner dialogue with Hal, you know, talking about taking an oath that he promised, he made a promise to the universe and himself to protect it from evil, and he pretty much crossed the line for a while, but now he's back and he's determined to do what needs to be right. And to do what is right and set everything right. So how you know it's cold. How comments how cold it is there, 
And here's a little interesting part, again, completely foreshadowing. Oh, that Jeff Johns. About how he says, the spirit of vengeance is like a parasite. <laughs> but, I, but I can't tell who's feeding off who, which is pretty prophetic. I, so we see Asmodel in, in his undies. <laughs> And we kind of, which is kind of cool. We kind of get an idea what the, what the what the inner workings of the specter looks like, almost when it's kind of what it looks like inside when it's latched onto its avatar. It's kind of like got a, a skull on, t- on top of Asmodel's head with some bones around Asmodel's head and his neck, and it's got basically almost like into Asmodel's ribs. It's hard to tell if they're just more if they really are rib cage bones from like a skeleton or almost like a claw grabbing onto its host but it's basically look it functions exactly the same you know Hal squares off with Asmodel Asmodel kind of taunts Hal and goes how it's kind of laughable that you know you're, you're the one everybody sees as your savior you know you're a damned soul and it goes I've been blessed by the presence <laughs> Asmodel proclaims it's like Hal kind of says you know I regret what I did and what I became I could if I could erase it I would but I can't and he shoots, he shoots an old boxing glove in his face for all time's sake. And it's like, uh, you regret nothing. You take that form in desperation to return to boxing gloves and baseball. But that man is dead. Some of the dialogue is kind of, some of the things they, you know, they dump on Hal in this issue I kind of like. Back on the mortal plane, otherwise known as Manhattan. <laughs> you know, you have, you have Superman being all, being all goofy. And people are trying to figure out why. And just as he's talking, like, I'm going to swallow your souls. Like, <laughs> he basically pukes out Neron, who, took, who was inside of Superman, which is, of course, why dead man couldn't enter it into his body. You know, Neron's all, co- all you know, cocky. It's like, uh, he just, you know, he, it doesn't really matter that you got rid of me now. All I, all I needed to do was, uh, I needed to get a basically a passageway, to, you know, to Earth. Firestorm tries to uses molecular attacks on him, but of course that has no that has no effect. We see the Sentinels of Magic, including including No Face Phantom Stranger, <laughs> all, all kind of standing there to confront to confront Neron. Uh, Doctor Fate and Alan Scott kind of enter into the fray. They get they get one good shot at him. He kind of like he kind of like knocks the, their attack off. It doesn't really matter. He stand, Shazam with the Spear of Destiny and Blue Devil with his trident, they pretty much get almost try to make a neuron sandwich. <laughs> but of course, and Shazam, you know, going, you know, the spirit of destiny is the only thing that can hurt the Spectre. I'm, I, I'm sure I'd be willing to bet it would do a lot more damage to you. And of course, oh yeah, it would if I allowed it to touch me. And he phases out. And of course, and then Shazam and Blue Devil smash into each other. The trident and the spirit of destiny kind of like cross for a moment, and Blue Devil ends up with a little tattoo on his shoulder, on his yeah. arm. Like, oh, that's cute. Uh, Shazam's knocked out. Neron grabs the Spear of Destiny, so he chooses at this moment to use the Spear of Destiny and to hack open another <laughs> the Spectre again. So while uh, Hal Jordan's using his chainsaw to, to, to take on Asmodel, at that moment they both kind of like reel from the light as... Neron enters into the, spe- the, the Spectre Matrix. <laughs> so they have the three of them, you know, about to duke it out for who's going to control the, the 
Spectre. Asmodel starts commanding the Spectre, and uh, for some reason, and at this great moment, the Spectre decides, "Hey, no one commands me." <laughs> yeah, now, now, <laughs> now. Uh, so he basically he, the uh, the Spectre, the essence of the Spectre, pulls himself out and off of Asmodel. Everybody back in Manhattan just kind of see this, you know, this wacky display of energy come out, coming out of the Spectre. They don't know what's going on, but Zoriel kind of says, "Well, I, you know, the, the battle is going on inside, the purest battle. You know, it's no longer up to us, Superman. It's it's up to the spirit of vengeance." And you get an, a nice little look of the Spectre's face, basically with with as a as a mashup of Neuron, Asmodel, and Hal. Uh, the, the essence of the Spectre pulls away the Spear of Destiny inside, because we're because we're back inside the inner battle now. The essence of the Spectre says all three of you are going to face your judgment. It's like he he grabs all three of the would-be hosts and he asks them all, "Why do you seek vengeance? Why do you seek vengeance? Why should I accept any one of you?" You know, as as Modell plays the route that you know we are we are both one and the same. We both have been cast out of heaven. You know, you know by by God, if we combine together, you know, we can restore our dignity and make them pay. Neron points says, you know, we 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 do the same kind of work. I mean, you you seek vengeance against souls that deserve it, you know, and, and I basically punish souls that you know that deserve it too, that deserve that kind of retribution. So we should work together. And then Hal starts trying to say, you know, I was a hero. I you know I given my life to doing what's right and to fighting criminals. And then he kind of breaks down and says, no. You know, I, I'm I'm a murderer. I've caused pain for everyone I've ever loved. Vengeance isn't mine; it's theirs. I don't deserve power. I deserve punishment. And after saying that, the essence of the specter goes, "You believe you deserve punishment? Then face your penance." And he reaches out and he bonds with Hal Jordan. Neron and Asmodel are cast out of the specter. I like that way that they're kind of all wrapped up still. <laughs> Like, take him to jail, boys! So, Neron and Asmodel are cast out. They're all kind of still wrapped up, like the Spectre had encased them while he was judging them. Dr. Fate says, they've reached a balance. The spirit has settled. Alan Scott looks up with a, my God, I never realized. And we get a cool panel of, of Hal in his Spectre garb going, you know, vengeance, I must seek out vengeance to set things right. So swears the Spectre. You know, and Neron again trying to play mind games, even though he's partially correct, saying, you know, they'll destroy you, Hal Jordan. You know, you, you, they have the means and they fear you. Hal Jordan casts the Spear of Destiny aside. And he, goes, it's, he goes, it's far beyond your reach, and you're the only one who will be destroyed. Anyone who cross, crosses my path will be erased from existence. You can't escape my light as he traps him in a makeshift power battery. And Neron continues to taunt him. It's like, you think you've won. You know, the spirit has a spirit of vengeance. The specter has a mission to damn souls. You'll be working for me in a way the specter always has. You know, Hal is about to lay down the law and really either kill Neron or screw him up really bad. But Hal gains control and he says, enough. You know, I will not be brought down to his level. Neron continues the mind games. Like, do you really think you've suddenly paid for all your sins just because of that? That you're a hero again? It's just a matter of time before you're slaughtering these mortals. You can't deny the Spectre's true nature, or even, or more importantly, your own. 
uh, Hal kind of gives a little, nice little pep talk there about you know you, your failure to see the potential of humanity, of humanity's willpower. Nice Green Lantern reference is not surprising, but I, I will not be used as a tool for revenge. On the wicked, I will not be a spirit of vengeance. So we cast Neron back. He puts him back into hell. Just at this, just at that moment, uh, the spirit of Jim Corrigan comes to visit Hal. Hal's kind of asking Jim for advice, like how do you kind of deal with this battle? It's like a constant battle to to contain or control the specter. And Jim Corrigan just says, every host deals with this a different way, Hal. And you know, it's like. Uh, you, you'll find your way, and of course, Asmodel goes. The presence will never allow this, and he goes. And, and Jim Corrigan points out, well, the the presence, God, excuse me, has blessed this joining. So they took Asmodel. Jim Corrigan takes Asmodel up to heaven. And Jim Corrigan also points out that they do have one more stop, Purgatory. The souls that helped you have earned an appeal in the Shining City. And Hallen. Hal is confronted, or not like fighting confronted, but are, but are confronted in a more friendly fashion with by Kyle and Alan. And they said, you know, Alan's like, yeah, Hal, you did it. I knew you could. And Kyle's kind of like offering it, offering out his hand. He's like, Hal, you know, I have to admit. And Hal just cuts him short and goes, no, I have to, I must go. I have a lot of work to do. But before I do, before I do, you know, New York has been badly wounded, and now with the power that I have, I can finally do what I've always wanted to do for a long time. And of course, Kyle's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. But instead, all Hal really does is he he recreates New York, or he heals New York to take to take away all the damage caused by the Spectre and uh, all the demons. You know, and Hal, in a nice little page, splash page of Hal. Of course, they use the old Spectre font before he gets his own, but Rebuild the city, rebuild my life. It's all I ever set out to do. But my responsibilities have shifted. Once again, I've been chosen to represent a higher power, given the power to save lives, but it's not enough to save someone's life. It's Their eternal soul must be saved as well. And I will do my best to ensure that Neuron never sees another soul, now and forever as the spirit of redemption, as the specter. So Hal, Hal flies off, and, you know... Kyle and Alan are all all pretty happy. You know, the Phantom Stranger has a face again. <laughs> Everybody seems relatively happy, of course, except for Batman because he's Batman. And he goes, "No, you know, everything's changed. Our troubles are just beginning." And you get the whole nice. You get the whole Sentinels of Magic, you know, kind of united because, of course, this, they were about to get their own series too. And the we get the finals, not not the ult, not the real last page, but the last relevant page, <laughs> where you have Neron being judged apparently by Satan, since he's one of many princes of heaven, excuse me, of hell, and he's being stripped of his uh, his royalty, and we see, and as we see him enchained, and, and he's basically either not necessarily 100% powerless, but he's been depowered, and he's been degraded and insulted. Now we see Etrigan kind of peering peering out from the shadows. <laughs> and Neron's like, Etrigan! <laughs> so this was apparently Etrigan's goal all along in um, wanting to get you know, the whole point of dealing with the Spectre and Neron and everything else was to get Neron kind of like to get his comeuppance. And 
we get, again we have a little little reference points about uh, the quintessence talk, reflecting on the major characters, including uh, Hal Jordan and how you know Ganth you know Ganth makes it clear that he has to keep an eye on Hal Jordan. You know he owes it to his brothers and a very interesting idea about that they built a new shining structure in, in heaven just to basically be a prison for Asmodel and the quintessence kind of talks amongst themselves about, you know, what does it mean then when heaven cannot trust hell to hold its prisoners anymore? And the Phantom Stranger goes, I do not know, my friends. I do not know. And that's the end of Day of Judgment. Yeah. I, yeah at the end, Phantom Stranger's eyes and mouth might, might as well have been uh, sealed over <laughs> for all the information why, he gives. Why are you guys asking me? <laughs> what do I know? That's right. I, I was sitting this one out. This this issue was definitely better, but I had two issues. Okay. One of them, one of them was probably more of a quibble, but <laughs> uh, what you call it? Just how Batman's just like, you know, it's like, oh, I, you know, I guess, uh, oh god, I guess our troubles are are over for the time being. Our troubles are just beginning, you know. No, yeah, everything's back to normal. No, everything's changed. <laughs> well, well, it is John's, so he's got to foreshadow what's coming next. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess everything's settled. No, everything's far from settled. <laughs> you know, like, they could have said, I guess like... I guess it's Tuesday. No, it's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly. It's like, they could have said, oh, wow, this guy is actually looking pretty blue. No, it's totally black. <laughs> like my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ba- Batman certainly not. Not that he's ever the life of the party, but he really he he really is pissing on people's parade at the, yeah. at the end of this storyline. Pessimistic Batman. Like, can we celebrate for a moment? No, we can't. <laughs> oh. oh God. Yeah. So there was that, and then like, what you call it? From near the beginning, the fact that Neron was able to possess Superman at all. Is like that's kind of bullshit, you know. Like he he possessed him and basically rode Superman out of hell, like uh, like a little trolley car, <laughs> you know. And I mean, like they kind of do right because, like, as soon as issue issue starts, like Superman is puking Neron out, rejecting him from his body. But like, you know, you just kind of have to wonder, like. You know, if if the devils, if these devil princes can possess Superman even for like five minutes, you know, like the amount of damage that they'd be able to do is like is ridiculous. So like they should like I don't know, demons shouldn't be able to possess Superman at all. I just that's how what I think. That's probably true. Uh, um. Yeah, that that was definitely an issue that I had. Just like you know, as far as the concept of Superman goes, maybe have somebody else get possessed by the devil. Uh, aside from that, yeah, uh, the art was a lot better. I I love the scene where Hal becomes this the Hal Specter because I, I I did enjoy that costume. I did too, and the, and there are a few. <clears throat> when we think back of Hal as a Spectre, there are a few iconic uh, images of Hal 
as the Spectre. And one of them, of course, is that scene, right, when he when he's holding the Spear of Destiny with the so swears the Spectre. Yeah. And the, and his chest is and his chest is kind of you know the symbol on his chest because he's essentially kind of wearing a Green Lantern uniform, but it's like white and gray. You know, he's even got the gloves on. He's got the gloves on. He's got he's got his mask still on. That's one of that 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 is one of the uh, yeah the iconic pictures of Hal as a Spectre. And when we get to the talking about the uh, Justice League issue, I think that to me is the most iconic. There's one one panel, one picture in that issue that is to me the most iconic during of his entire reign and run as the Spectre. But yeah, I do I did I did like that. I did like the, all the psychology, you know, the mind games being played against Hal, which of course. Work to a certain extent because essentially a lot of what they're saying really is true, <laughs> and in a way, Hal once Hal kind of accepts part of that as being true, and is ready to basically. It's like the last step of of acceptance that Hal had to go through, and then once he was once he finally wasn't in denial anymore, then then the Spectre chose him, of course, before any yeah. retconning of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I did uh, appreciate those 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 scenes. Um, what you call it? Speaking of the costume, since we're you know, we were talking about it a second ago, did you ever get the DC Direct Hal Jordan Spectre figure? Yes. I, you know, I know that I had it at one point. I cannot remember if I still have that. I feel like that's one that I would not get rid of, but I, I, I don't remember if I, I have it anywhere. Well, I'm not sure if you would know where to even look to see if you have it, but if you don't, let me know, because I might still have one that's not open. <laughs> I have two. I have one. One's at my desk at work. That one's that one's open. I even painted his hair brown to go under the cloak. <laughs> you have two. I bought two. But don't forget, back then, Hal, back then, getting Hal stuff, even though they tried to, they tried, they gave you just enough Hal stuff to make people happy. Mm-hmm. Make Hal people happy and keep the appetite. Yeah, that's why one of the reasons I missed the Warner Brothers store because they had, that's where you used to get, get some cool house stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. Beanie Babies. Exactly. Uh, I, those I still have. Yes, I still have a few of those myself. But, uh, but yeah, I I would tend to get I tended to get a more than one of some of those figures. Like I saw, I have an unopened Kyle in his classic uniform. I have okay. that, and I have so I I think I, I think I have a Spectre. So. So if you get whenever you get a chance, if you when you if you're fairly confident after checking that you don't have one, let me know because because I do I'm pretty sure I still have one. Yeah, but, yeah. But, no, like I said, like that's that's the one you know that is one of the very few where I I can't see any reason for getting rid of that because that that's not like I don't think that was one of the expensive ones. No, it shouldn't be. So you know if. You know, I like I could see myself considering selling it off if it was expensive, but you know, at just uh, you know ten, fifteen dollars or whatever, I would much rather own that myself. Um, now, so at the end of uh, at the end of this whole storyline, uh, they were setting up a magic book, I believe. Yeah, because I think the sen- I think the Sentinels. I thought the Sentinels of Magic had a had had a wasn't that the book that had Detective Chimp in it or whatever his name was? Whatever his uh, name was. Uh, I'm trying. I'm let's see if I can let's see if I can find real quick when that book was because I I know I because I did use I did get it for a, 
I did get it for a while, but I think this was during their, their one of their heavy magic periods where they were. Let's see. They first appeared in Day of Judgment number one. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then nothing else ever. Let's see. No, maybe they didn't have a series. Maybe was, I'm thinking of something else. They did appear in other stuff. Uh, no, wait. This just this is just telling you. That, no, hold it. This is just telling you the the roster. That was just tell, this this link just tells you the roster and when they were that each member was introduced. So that doesn't. I don't think that was a full um, listing of of appearances. Shadow Pact. That's it. That's the one I'm thinking of. <clears throat> yeah, but that was uh, let's see. Maybe that was their. Maybe their plan was to. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe their plan was to kind of. Yeah, three of the Shadow Pack members are in this, so that's probably what I'm confusing it with. Wait a second. When did this series come out? Shadow Pack. Uh, the Day of Judgment. Ninety nine. November yeah. ninety nine. Wow. Okay, so Wikipedia is off. Yeah, Wikipedia is off by six years. For Day of Judgment. Um, yeah, yeah, because it's a the Shadow Pact entry for Wikipedia states, the Shadow Pact is a fictional group of magic-based heroes who fought against the Spectre in the 2005 limited series Day of Vengeance, published by DC Comics. Which is weird, because I'm also looking at one Wikipedia entry which mentions 1999, under uh, Sentinels of Magic. So that's, yeah. So that's weird. Um, the, uh, yeah, because Shadow Pact was... Uh, oh, Day of Vengeance. That's what I'm getting confused with. Day of... Day, Shadow Pact spun out a Day of Vengeance, I think. Oh, yeah, right, That's right, the right. one, that's the one, yeah. Okay. That's the one I'm confusing it with. So. Right. But they may they may have had, they, I mean, they may have had plans. Because I know, I think, in the in the uh, secret files for Day of Judgment, I'm, they, the, uh, the group shows up again. So I think they might have been hoping to spin them, spin them off. Into the yeah. Room. But it, yeah, that's what I'm getting it confused with. The other, just like, just like because of because of uh, Day of Vengeance, that's why I always get confused over this title, whether it was Day of Judgment or Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we know it's Day of Judgment, but that's but but because of those, we have two two friggin' miniseries that were called Day of Day of something, and the Spectre was involved in both of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, that well, the the Day of Vengeance is when uh, Crispin Glover. I think became the new Spectre. <laughs> Wait. Oh no, Crispus Allen. Crispin Glover is the actor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's when the Spectre was trying to wipe out all the magic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those... is it, Wait, isn't Crispin Glover the one, the guy from the Back to the Future movies? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's trying to wipe out all of magic and also tell people about the coming of Darth Vader. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so by the the end of Day of Judgment, Neron has been condemned to be a rhyming demon. <laughs> he's no longer a, a prince of hell. Yeah, he's Did, been he's been demoted. Have we seen Neron since then? I think so. I just obviously Neron's never been—he's never been as big as he was during the uh, Underworld Unleashed. 
That was like I think that was his pinnacle. Let's see if I let's see if I can see. Day of Judgment and, and after. after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Rain in Hell. Oh yeah! Apparently, uh, he does. He is able to regain his position. Um, it's riveting podcasting, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh yeah, because he was because because he was in that uh. That miniseries that uh, when they were trying to capture all these hero, all the hero souls, and then it turned out that it was with Dead Man and stuff, and it turned out it, that it that I think Hal Jordan as a Spectre was kind of involved in that. And I'm trying to remember, now I'm trying to remember what that was. D- dead again, that's it. Dead one through five. That I think I think Neron was in I think Neron was involved in that, trying to get all these diff- get all these souls. Huh. Yeah, I, have to, I, I that's another one I know I have somewhere I have to, I have I better have to dig out. I really do need to double check that chronological list of the Spectre of the, Hal as the Spectre's appearances because I almost forgot about that miniseries. That's kind of interesting because it was like something to do with the reign of the Superman and Hal and, Co- and there's an issue with Hal at Coast City and all these different things. And I think it's Neron. I think it was Neron trying to get a. Uh, all these different souls of, and dead man trying to like hop in and out and try to stop him. And you find out that he's helping Hal as the specter, you know, at the end of, in the final issue or whatever. Mm. So, which good, with good artwork. If I, if I, the one thing I do remember about that, that the artwork was pretty cool. I think, uh, and then after, after that, he was in 52. Yes. They mentioned 52. And then after that, Rain in Hell, and I believe that is where his story ends. For now. Yeah, the the luster certainly. He was he he was pretty cool in uh, Underworld Unleashed. He seemed yeah. like a real. Th- he seemed like somebody who'd be a you know a really good a really good threat. Well, I mean, like, because the thing that I was thinking about is, uh, like, with with Neron, the whole, um, yeah, what was that storyline called? That uh, Underworld Unleashed, right? With that one, like, you had a lot of heroes that, you know, got amped up and stuff like that, and even in Green Lantern, they created that guy Purgatory. Right. um, Who we've never seen since then. You know, like, you have to imagine, like, with a story like this, where demons were, like, escaping hell left and right, you know, like, and this happened a couple of years after Underworld Unleashed, then they really could have used this as an opportunity to, like, kind of reboot some of those characters, get them out, and, you know, get them as villains again, you know? Right. It's, you know, like, they struggle to come up with new new characters and new villains, you know, it's like, okay, well, you have some characters that were well-received, but then you sent them immediately to hell. Maybe you take them out of hell for a little while. So, I mean, I guess if, if Neron is, uh, if he's no longer kicking around right now, they really could, uh, I guess, pull those characters out of hell if they wanted to. That is true. 
anyway. Um, you also had the quint. The quintessence were weird in this. Like in that final scene. Yes, they the art the artwork was kind of. Well, not even that though. Just like the fact that they were like just watching all of these magic people. Like we're gonna watch them all, you know. And it's like, and here's like a little update on all the magic people. It's like I don't know, like it's kind of creepy that they're doing that. Oh, and super creepy that they looked into heaven. Yeah, that that was kind of that was kind of that was kind of weird. I don't I don't know if there was some kind of story spinning out of this and, and honestly I don't really care for that tower that they have in hell to hold Asmodel uh, is it a- heaven yeah, as- for Asmodel yeah yeah but th- that was weird um, yeah I mean overall this was a weird story overall it was it was it was not and it's it certainly is not the easiest story to follow no no it's not like you know because we were talking about before you know before uh, we started recording how this definitely is not jeff john's best work you know and just trying to guess at like the time period and i said i'm like well you know this is like right around probably when he started where he basically had like stars and stripe you know to his credit you know, and, and you, you know, you remembered the, the Sinestro one-shot in uh, the Secret Origins. And I think they were, like, one other one-shot. And then they basically gave him this. Like, I'm wondering, like, how the hell did he get an event like this? Like, because this seems like it would be a fairly high-profile high big deal. And he really, like, this isn't that good. So, like, I don't know what happened that he was able to get this maybe he pitched this i don't know maybe they you know, maybe dc decided that they wanted to do this and they needed somebody to make it happen and he just you know stepped in and said you know oh, I'll, I'll take it you know i have an idea for this or whatever i'm not sure but bottom line it's not a great story in terms of jeff johns of what he's capable of and what he eventually does like he got so much better you know Absolutely. Yeah, this, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is like trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a trial by hellfire. <laughs> this is a, almost like a mar on the, the career of Jeff Johns. You know, and the, the art, you know, like he didn't have a great artist backing him up. You know, so just like the whole thing is just kind of like, it feels like this is something that DC wanted to make happen. And they wanted to make it fairly high profile and then they just put like this you know this newbie writer and not a great artist on it and it's like okay have fun see you in five issues like i don't know it's it's weird it's very weird the only the only thing you might think of or might explain it is that uh maybe it was more along the idea that maybe the key component was pitching the way to bring Hal back. Maybe they maybe they were ready to bring Hal back, but they didn't but they didn't quite know how to bring Hal, the best way to bring Hal back. So maybe the key was the pitch of bringing him back as a Spectre, and then and maybe they said, well, 
maybe they kind of rewarded him for the pitch or the, the concept, even if he didn't put the, everything out on the table in the pitch about exactly the specifics of it. So, so maybe that's how he, maybe that's, maybe that started the, uh, when was, uh, when was final night? 96. 96. Really? I believe so. Three years. That, you know, that would be, th- no, okay. 98, 1998. That can't be right. No. Wait, no, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was a 1996 crossover. The end of 96. Yeah. That was about three years. About full, full three years. Weird. That's so weird because, again, you know, referencing the Ron Mars interview, you know, there were things that he wanted to still do with Parallax, and they wanted to do that the Final Night storyline, and basically they were going to just have Parallax sacrifice himself. So Hal Jordan was just completely off the table for three years. And the only thing, what well, the only thing they did with them, well, they did the Emerald Knights. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, as far as in current continuity, yes, there wasn't, there really wasn't anything they could, they, they could do with him. Oh man, I, it's, I, it's, I guess it's interesting then that they were able to do the Emerald Knights. You know, like when you look at it from the perspective that like Hal Jordan is off the table in terms of you know current continuity. And yet, they still wanted to tell a story with him, so, you know, okay, time travel. And they made it work. That's very, that's intriguing. That is very intriguing. But yeah, like, the fact that he was off the table for that long, I wonder, because I mean, like, if he's off the table for that long, then you have to figure that DC didn't have a plan. Like, okay, well, we need to kill him off because we want to have him as a specter. You know, like they if they if that was their plan, they wouldn't wait three years to do it. No, and I think if you go back to what <clears throat> what what Ron said, the idea that they, I guess, the consensus opinion was that Hal needed to basically he needed to be redeemed, and pretty much a, maybe the only way, that, as a consensus, they you know the decision was made. The only way to really redeem him is that he's going to have to sacrifice himself. So, yeah. So then, yeah. So then, team, you know, pairing him up with the Spectre was uh, like a like a secondary thought kind of thing, right? Huh. Yeah, I wonder if that was something that Jeff Johns submitted and said, "Hey, you know what? Let's get John, let's get Hal Jordan back on the table." And this way, he's not a Green Lantern, so there's not so you're not dealing with a Kyle versus Hal debate, right? And theoretically. Even though now, again, once once you throw the retcon in, it's debatable whether this is true. But at the time, certainly would seem like technically Hal as the Spectre is even more powerful than he was as Parallax. <laughs> yeah. So that you, they, you would think that, or maybe the pitch would be, well, that should make Hal, even though at least short term, that'll make Hal fans happy because he's back. And he technically is an, you know, he's an omnipotent character again. And he's he's definitely no longer, he's a, he's a hero. He's not, you know, walking... Walking the anti-hero line anymore, so who knows? That could have been that could have been part of it. And then if they did, and then depending on what they wanted to do with Green Lantern down the road, is you know it opened it opened the door. So it could have very well been part of the pitch. Yeah. And they may and, and it's also possible that though we don't know it's 
since what I think we figured out it was like a year. Maybe it was like a was it a, close to a year that Corrigan was had given stopped being the host of the Spectre in comic in real in our time, not in comic yeah. book time. That, yeah, I think something like that. That maybe they kind of had you know maybe even as far back as when you know the Spectre became hostless, it's a, that they kind of knew that they were they were gearing up to have Hal become his become the new host. But you would you would have to think that was that was part of the pitch. Yeah, yeah, and then I guess. You know, just extrapolating, if this happened in 1989, um, the Day of Judgment, that's 99, Rebirth doesn't happen for like another five years. Yep. So, this didn't, almost certainly didn't happen with the intent to spin Rebirth out of this. No, not, not at all. I mean, it... Again, we don't know, like we talked about in the first episode, we don't know if how, in the back of Jeff Johns' mind, maybe he had some ideas of how this, he could take this and bring get it to get Hal back as a Green Lantern if he had the opportunity or the interest was there. Yeah. But no, at the beginning, I would say it's certainly, I think they wanted Hal to be the Spectre, and I think that was probably the idea for, for a, a significant amount of time. Obviously, as his time as a Spectre started winding down, Especially because his last few appearances were pretty much written by Jeff Johns, whether it was in the Justice Society, I think, or even when he was doing the Flash. Yeah, Hal had some. Hal as a Spectre had some appearances in that too. Yeah. That as you were winding down, uh, the last before, you know, the, the gap at the end of Kyle's series to Rebirth, that Jeff Johns at that point was clearly setting the stage for what he wanted to do. The yeah, idea of yeah. having Hal, the having the struggle inside Hal be different than what we've seen before, and have Hal no longer be able to really maintain control over the spirit of vengeance and do what he and be, that he had to, you know, not the, the spirit of redemption aspect of who Hal wanted to be, that that no longer was something that he had total control over. That that was definitely being manipulated or added, or layers were being added to that by Johns to set up what he wanted to do in Rebirth. So, but it gave us, but this, if nothing else, the story did give us Hal Jordan back on the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, after three years, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. Well, let's see. This is '89. When did um, the Emerald Knights happen? Uh, Emerald Knight. I almost want to say it was. I almost want to say it was 98, but I could be wrong. Let's see. Chris is going to find the video first. Oh, God. 98. Yeah, that's 1998. And who knows? Maybe part of the the, the big response to Emerald, uh, to Emerald Knights may have made them... Oh. Yeah. Because don't forget, even at the time, and this is something, one of the things I almost asked Ron, but we never got a chance to, uh, probably because I think I know where, where he, how he would have answered it, and we segued out of it. But with Emerald Knights, I mean, there were, there were a lot of people at the time, they were, they were at least ask, asking, I actually remember an interview in Wizard about, you know, when people were saying, because of the Emerald Knights thing before it finished up, it's like, maybe they should keep Hal around. And have, yeah. and have two books, have a Kyle right. book and have a Hal book, and 
and there was a lot of talk, there was a lot of talk about that. About and they, I remember even doing the seeing the polls in Wizards. You know, would you su- would you support both books, or if you could only buy one book, you know, whose book would you buy? So uh, there was a lot of talk about that. So it is possible that the reaction the reaction to you know Emerald Knights could have spurred them on into thinking uh, DC that is because obviously if it was up to to Ron and everybody else that you know how wouldn't have been gone to begin with <laughs> that maybe it made DC think that yeah maybe. Maybe we should, you know, we should consider bringing Hal back somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes sense, especially since like, um, what, uh, episode one hundred probably would have been right around July of ninety eight. You know, like, and as soon as you see those numbers, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we need to. We're not going to be able to bring him out back from this, but let's see what we can do to, you know, get the character Hal Jordan back on the table. Right. Huh. I think that's probably realistic as how, you know, a very logical way, you know, how the how the chips might have fallen to, to, to get us, you know, to first get Hal back as a Spectre, then obviously we know eventually what happened, and of course... Uh, the, the sales in Kyle's book, as they declined, that actually helped open the door you know, clearly for Hal to have a chance to come back too. If Kyle's book were selling, you know, his book was, excuse me, selling like gangbusters, then probably that would never. Hal might very well stay the Spectre for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you call? If you guys ever get a chance to interview uh, a Judd Winnick, like find out, like you know, at the end of his run, did he leave because he wanted to leave? You know, was he burned out on Green Lantern? Because as soon as he left, like, I think, like, up until the point where he left, the book was doing decent. And then I believe, if I'm not, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he swapped books with uh, Green Arrow. Uh, and Ben Rob had been, Ben Rab had been uh, writing. Green Arrow, after Quiver, with uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Yeah, he took over for you know Kevin Smith on uh, Green Arrow for I don't know a few issues, bunch of issues, and then him and Judd Winnick switch you know switch books. Ben Rab did the storyline with uh, the Spider Guild. That, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. And I think he, but it was more than just the Spider Guild. He did that whole, he did a lot of issues with the uh, the Guardian that had grown up, like the little girl Guardian that had grown up. Yes, 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 yes. And that stuff was weird because that that was a lot of focus on Kilowog as the Dark Lantern, and that stuff just started getting like weirder and weirder. And I, I just, I remember his particular run was like, it was a big departure. And I think that's what, like, led to sales just kind of, like, petering out. Right, because Winnick's run was still pretty good. They're not, like, we act, ironically, because uh, Chad, Chad and I were just talking about, talking about this, uh, and because we recorded last night. 
uh, and so we were talking. One of the questions that came up was a was a voice was a email question about how the rating Venditti's run versus other runs like in the last twenty years. So we were talking about different writers and and I and there were a lot and not, not everything Judd did I liked you know and so but there were some things that, were, that he did that I really did really really liked. Yeah. And I liked and I and I liked what he did in issue one fifty with the you know at the end of the Ion storyline. Yeah, with him and the power battery and the guardians and everything, because that made a lot. That made sense. I mean, it was it was a borderline retcon, if you will, or it was, but it made perfect sense, even if you you know. So, and that, I think most people don't have big issues with retcons if it's something that makes sense, or if you're adding stuff, adding material, but you, that doesn't contradict what you've seen before. You're just kind of like adding more layers to it. I think yeah. people are willing to accept to accept it more as opposed to, you know, trying to completely change people's motivations and things like that, I think. But, yeah, I, Judd's run was pretty good, so, but definitely the decline in the, uh, during, what, the Rob, was it the Rob, Ben Rob, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. That, during, that run is definitely what, you know, pay, helped pave the way for the John's era, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, although, it is weird though because I know the Spectre book was that was kind of petering out on its own also. Yeah. Which that's... then ironically, like the last like two issues were like some of the best issues in the series because they closed off with the the, the Sinestro fight. Mm, I don't know if that was at the end. Oh, I thought that I thought there was somewhere in the I thought that I could be wrong. I thought there was somewhere like in the middle issues. I thought there was somewhere. I don't know if it was before or after the the Joker parallax tie-in issue, but I think it was somewhere, somewhere like between like nine and thirteen or fourteen or something. Could have been a little later, but I don't I don't think it was in the twenties. I think they I thought they'd already dealt with Sinestro by then, but I could be wrong because I know they had dark they had dark side at the towards the end too. Dark side was towards the end too. Um, Gonna have to look into that. Anyway. But yeah, sales on the Spectre obviously were not great, especially towards yeah. the end either. But, but I don't necessarily. But at least they took that probably as a as a people were rejecting the concept of of the merging of the two characters, or or maybe more importantly, the direction of the book. Yeah. As opposed to oh, people don't want to see Hal Jordan around anymore. It's like I don't think they. I don't. I think they logically didn't take didn't put you know two and two together to get five on that level. <laughs> yeah, that book got. Weird. It did. I think it started off well, and then it kind of. At least I think the first half of the run was pretty good, and then it started. It definitely started getting weird. It became. I didn't. I got. I have every issue, but I still. I didn't enjoy the. You know the issues at the end nearly as much as I did. <sighs> yeah. I agree. Cool. So I'm just uh, trying to see if I could pull up really quick to find out when that happened. Uh, let's see. Here we go. And just got to look at 27 issues that lasted. Yep. What was that, volume three? Or four, four. I think it might have been four. I don't remember anymore. Well, apparently, 
yeah, it doesn't look like uh, Sinestro was in uh, last three or four issues. Because that's technically something that doesn't that really doesn't make any sense anymore in uh in continuity. Yeah. Well yeah, like the whole thing was basically like it must have been himself like Yeah. Yeah, you could try to f- explain it away like that, yeah. Yeah. Looks but, like twenty two, issue twenty two was one of them. Twenty twenty two, twenty one twenty two. That could be right. So, so near the end, but not the very end. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's now that we've we've firmly, uh, you know, looked at like every every tangent we could possibly <laughs> storyline. I think we could probably wrap this one up, uh, unless we have some feedback from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer to though to that at the moment is no, since as we record this, we haven't released the first episode. <laughs> God, uh, uh, man, you know if, if if the reaction to that first episode is like so bad that like people like you know are like writing in, it's like I'm never gonna listen to you guys again if you release any more episodes this bad. Then no one will ever hear this episode. No, I think we're committed to at least releasing this one. <laughs> Actually, based on based on Chad's grand schemes, I guess we're at least committed to releasing at least. Uh, Depending how we record, at least one or two more. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, right. The the, the, all, the almighty schedule. <laughs> oh God. So wrap it up. I'll do. I'll I'll do the closing. Yes, please. Sure. If you'd like to contact us and give us feedback, we certainly would like it. <laughs> please. Yeah. Uh, email us. Lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Please visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can download all our episodes. You can check out our Ringcyclopedia episodes, and there'll be more of those and probably more movie reviews coming soon as we hit key, that key movie time of the year. If we hadn't run so long, I was going to talk to Jim about the Avengers trailer. <laughs> Oh yeah. We still could for five, it's like five minute a five minute cap. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to find us on both. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at seven oh eight Lantern. Seven oh eight Lantern. And let us know what you think. Do you want to talk about the Avengers real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was looking at it on uh, my phone today, so I didn't get to see it, like, you know, all big and large, and, like, I was having, I was dealing with, like, loading issues, so I did not have, like, the best viewing experience, however, I have to say, oh my god, like, just, like, the, you know, the, the voice of Ultron alone was just, like, you know, enough to get me a lot more excited than I have been so far you know like this is the movie this is the kind of movie where like i will see it and i will see it you know early in its run in the theaters regardless like it, it could be about basically anything and i would still see it given marvel's track record they have they have absolutely earned that from me um i know that i'm gonna go see a marvel movie and i'm not gonna be disappointed you know so from that aspect, like, you know, yeah, okay, so now I'm definitely more excited. And, you know, like, just 
what he's saying, what uh, Ultron is saying, and then like the very end, it's like, oh man. And hopefully that's, and hopefully that will be the only glimpse we get of the Vision before yeah. the movie comes out. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very happy with that. I, I agree. I think. I really enjoy, I really enjoyed this trailer. There were some really cool scenes of it. I like when they that scene, which I think is from from the beginning of the movie, when you have like all the Avengers going into action at the same time. I, I, there... Yeah, with that, like, I mean, like again, like I'm looking at it on like you know the worst possible you know way. That, from what I saw, looked a little like. Photoshoppy. Yeah, there, there there was an aspect of that, but it, but it, but it's like one of those kind of like pump you up kind of scenes. Yeah, I'm sure it'll look better when it's in context. You know, it, it'll make a lot more sense that way. Um, yeah, I was going to say something else, and I don't even remember what it was. Oh yeah, the movie posters. Like, have you? Apparently, like that's a thing now, where they, all the actors are releasing their movie posters on Twitter, and it's a big deal, and blah blah blah. And I mean, like the individual posters, I guess, are kind of cool, but the whole movie poster with all of them together, it just looks like. Well, first off, it looks a lot like the first one. Yes, which was which was which wasn't a great poster to begin with, other than the fact that everybody's together, but it's so Photoshop e. Yeah, and it's just, it's so crowded, and now this one's even more crowded, like, you know, everybody is, like, in very similar stances and everything like that, it's so busy, it's so photoshoppy, it's just like, like, this isn't, this is not a great poster, you know, like, you look at, you look at all, like, the iconic posters of the past, you know, and then you look at the Avengers poster, and it's like, you know, okay, well, Here's a little more white space over here. I think we could fit in another character over here, and let's put some more rubble over here. Like <laughs> they made sure that that thing was freaking jam packed with as many heroes and like robot villains as they could possibly fit. It's kind of, it, it's just, it's too busy, and it, it's just like it's just weird. I, and it's it's a moot point because you don't even need a poster for Avengers, honestly. You know, it's just—it's almost like they're going through a formality. That's that is that is true, but yeah, I, I there were some yeah. The trailer was really—I like the humor with you know Thor and Captain America. That was really good. I do like the fact, going back to our trailer analysis, that uh, you see that Captain America clearly has his shield at the end in the final battle. So that so I still think that that image of his shield being broken is just a vision that the Scarlet Witch shows them. Uh, I like you see her playing her head using her hex on uh, Scar on Scarjo as Black Widow and her eyes turning red, which which also kind of I think supports the idea that when the Hulk's fighting Iron Man earlier in the movie, when, when we've seen scenes of his eyes being red in that scene, that he's being controlled by the Scarlet Witch. Uh, this movie's got to be pretty long though, because I saw the length, the time for the double feature. Because the double feature alone is like five and a half hours. So when you really think about that, that's like beach. If you divide it by two, like each movie would be like two two forty five. What is? What do you mean double feature? Of the, of the Avengers and the second one, and the Voltron. Oh. Yeah, because the tickets I think went on went on sale today. 
Yeah. Do you know how? Do you remember how long the first movie was? No, but I know it's over. I think it's got to be at least two twenty, two thirty. It was. Right. It was relatively long. So this movie is going to be around the same, but just by looking, that's it. for two movies. That's a, that's a good. I mean, I'm not complaining. That's good. I'm glad it's going to be long. But yeah. And of course, they have this super huge marathon, but only like a couple of theaters are getting it. Oh yeah, please. Did you that's... did you see that marathon? That everything I... it's every Marvel every Marvel movie. It like it starts at like it starts early in the morning and it's like and it wraps around until like seven p.m. the next day. I heard about it. Yeah, yeah and it's so. But that's but literally for like Regal theaters, I think there's only like four four or five theaters that are carrying it. So I will be just doing the double feature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. But, but that's but that that just was released today, so I, I kinda did want to talk about it and and I yeah. figured Jim would be a good one to talk talk to about it. You know, I like I I saw like I don't know, the first trailer. You know, and I I liked it. I thought it looks, you know, good and you know, I, I'm I'm definitely, you know, jazzed about uh what's his face as the voice of Spader. Ultron. Spader. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love him. He's amazing. So, I, yeah, I'm psyched for that. Like, that that alone would sell me on the movie. But, uh, uh, what do you call it? I probably would not have even, you know, glanced at this additional trailer, except for the fact that, like, people were just, like, you know, like, people were, like, super psyched about it. And, like, I heard, I saw a couple of people mention the vision. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I definitely want to see the vision. So, yeah, I checked it out. I was totally, I, I, I was definitely psyched. And I like the fact that it's interesting that the Vision's eyes were more like human. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Well, the only thing that gives me hope, and though they may have nothing to do with it at the end, because we may crash and burn on it, it just gave me a little bit of hope that maybe they're gonna kind of try to retro or fit in his original origin that he was, the, that he was the original Human Torch, that he was that hum, the original Human Torch android. That was reconfigured by that Ultron made Doctor Horton basically bring re- recreate him, bring him back to life in a different image, and so he, that's why one of the reasons the Vision looked so human is because he was using you know the original like from the Invaders Human Torch that he was using that android as his as the template that he just modified the color scheme and things like that. So that gave me a little bit of hope that maybe, especially since you did kind of see the original Human Torch in the first Captain America movie when they were at the World's Fair. There was a scene of him being encased in a in a two, in a in a glass case on display. Really? Yes. I think when when he and when Bucky and when Bucky and Steve are at, at the at, at the fair, you know, when Howard Stark is there and before they go to uh basically the when the the, the, the events that you know, the whole night when when uh Steve ends up joining the program. Uh that yeah, there's a scene of uh there's a scene. Very, you have to look. You have to pay attention. I mean, if you don't know to look for it, or you didn't know what it was, most a lot of people would miss it. But there is, I think, a scene of him in, in his red in his red uniform, a, an android looking in the red classic original Human Torch uniform under glass. So at least it raises the chance that maybe that that has something to do with the origin of the Vision in this movie, which would explain what, partially why he, at least his eyes look so much more human, because obviously he, lo- he looks nothing like Ultron or any any of Ultron's bots. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's like two months out now. Yeah, pretty much. Getting excited, though. would be cool. Plus, then we'll get to see the new Star Wars trailer on it. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you and I have to do a, a movie episode. Chad's not into Star Wars. I just mean in general, but Chad Chad is into it, but he's not as into it. So. Oh, okay. So I have no problem doing it with Chad, but sometimes he does, <laughs> so to speak. That the the multimedia episodes are this. You know, sometimes it's hard. Even if you want to do like mini episodes or something, that sometimes it it just doesn't work out recording wise. So, but nonetheless, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Okay. Um, you ran through all the wrap up stuff. We did the wrap up stuff, so we will we will be back soon enough, continuing our journey through the Hal as the Spectre. At least now he is the Spectre, so that's so things get a little better. <laughs> <laughs> from this point, and actually, yeah. as for if we do go in chronological order, the next his next couple of appearances are pretty cool with the Justice League and Green Lantern. So those are yeah, those yeah. are really good issues. I vaguely remember some of them. <laughs> I think I have more. I have a lot of faith you'll at least enjoy those issues. Oh, like they couldn't be worse than this. <laughs> with that kind of ringing endorsement, people. <laughs> yeah. How could you not come back for the next episode? It couldn't be worse than this. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Uh, uh, what you call it? If you want to hear more of Mark, obviously listen to the Lantern Cast <laughs> proper. And if you want to hear more of me and also former Lantern Cast host Dan, go and check out Sliders Cast, where we talk about the TV show Sliders. Check it out, people. That's it. So we'll okay. So we'll be back soon and. Good night, everybody. So long. Quarters in session, a verdict is in. No appeal on the docket today, just my home sin. The walls cold and pale, the cage made of steel. Screams feel